understand the big picture performance of EMS agencies across the United States as outlined in the 2022 ESO EMS Index. It's based on data from more than 2,000 agencies and departments across the country and represents 9.9 million EMS responses between January 1st, 2021 to December 31st, 2021. Now in its fifth year, the 2022 ESO EMS Index not only examines the performance, but makes comparisons to the previous year's data. Therefore, the best practices are informed by several years of data, as well as their practical, first-hand experience of seasoned medical professionals. Download the index today by visiting ESO.com. Good morning, everybody from Indianapolis, from GEMS.com. My name's Steve Wirth. I'm a founding partner of Page, Wolfberg & Wirth. We are the national EMS law firm out there helping to protect you and defend you when you get in trouble, but more importantly, to help keep you out of trouble. And that's what we're talking about here today. We're talking about a very hot topic in today's uh, podcast here coming live on Facebook Live here at the Indianapolis Convention Center. First of all, I want to thank the folks at JAMS and FDIC for hosting this great event. There are thousands and thousands of people here getting educated. It's nice to see everybody back uh, in the saddle, so to speak, getting together and collaborating and interacting with each other. And that's really what we're talking about here today, interacting with each other and how important that is to have that be done in a positive way. Getting your courage up, dealing with difficult patients and others in a polarized world. We have certainly experienced polarization in our society over the last several years. And it started before the pandemic. We had a lot of civil unrest, very, uh, politically charged atmosphere that we live in. Uh, people, uh, you know, basically dig their heels into their position. They don't want to give in. And uh, it's also creating a tremendous amount of stress on all of us. And then COVID-19 comes along and wham. Now we've got a double whammy here. We've got, you know, social unrest. We've got now a pandemic to deal with where we have all sorts of issues in dealing with people. And it's extremely stressful. It's stressful on all our EMS providers because now they're dealing with people in their worst moments, very difficult, challenging situations that could affect their lives. It could hurt them. It could cause them to get sick. So what's happening here is basically this increased amount of stress is making it much more difficult for all of us to get along, so to speak. And that's what I wanted to talk about here. Give you some points on how to deal with difficult patients, difficult coworkers, maybe even difficult family members as well. So this whole inform, uh, information stream can, can help you in that area. One of the other aspects of this is when you talk about liability, okay? Being nice to people, if you're nice to them, you're kind to them, you're compassionate, they're less likely to sue you. The reality is if somebody's going to sue you, it's probably going to be for negligence, okay? But yeah, they got to come up with a uh, legal theory uh, to sue you on. But uh, at the end of the day, the main reason that motivates them to sue is that they don't like you. You were mean to them. You didn't communicate effectively. You were rude, obnoxious, you know, and maybe even abusive. Hopefully not. But that's the kind of thing that generates lawsuits. So we want to develop strategies to help deal with difficult people and deal with these difficult situations that we're encountering every single day, okay? So I came up with about 10 steps here. These are all practical steps that you can use in your work life as an EMS practitioner, as well as in dealing with your co-workers as well. We, but basically, we have to have the emotional courage to stand up to bad behavior, 
to intervene when necessary, and to always put our best foot forward because, you know, we got to give 110% to those patients because that's what we're here for. Our job is to serve the public and to serve the patients, and we want to do the best possible job we can. So let's go through these 10 steps real quick here and say, what can we do to improve our ability to communicate, to deal with uh, difficult people? Well, first of all, before you engage in any situation, before you enter the room, okay, before you start communicating with someone who's looking mean and, and being difficult, take a deep breath, take a deep breath in, let it out slowly and clear your head. That allows you to oxygenate your body a little better. It allows you to get rid of some of the distracting thoughts that are going to create problems in the communication process. And it allows you to basically be ready to go. Okay. To focus now on the patient or the person you're speaking with. Okay. That's the first step. Take a deep breath, let it out slowly. And then tell yourself, literally say to yourself, I'm going to do my best to communicate in this situation, or I'm going to give the patient 110% in this situation. That's our job. That's our responsibility. We always have to give patients our absolutely very, absolute, very best effort. Okay. Even those difficult patients who challenge us, the ones who spit at us, who yell at us, who scream at us. Well, as you take in that deep breath, let it out and say, hey, I'm going to do the very best I possibly can for the patient. So taking that second or two and reminding us of why we're there to help the patient and remind us of our core responsibility as a professional EMS practitioner, that's going to help us approach the situation much more positively. Okay, that's two. Three, assess the situation by doing a 360, okay, with your head. You know, we talk about situational awareness, making sure the scene is safe, absolutely important. But we're talking physically, when you enter a room, look around, look to the top of the room, around, look around the corners, look, look around and see what's at the sides, at the, at the sidelines, okay? And studies show there's actual clinical science on this, that when you do this 360 with your head and take in the full view of the room or you're about to enter, it really helps improve your peripheral vision, okay? That's going to allow you to see things that might be coming up at you, like the guy with the knife or the gun over in the corner or the person coming off to your side. And it gives you a better perspective of the entire situation that the patient is in. And it'll help you avoid missing things that you would otherwise miss when we focus in, because we all know how we are in EMS. We're very type A driven personalities. We zoom right into the patient. We forget to look side to side and put the whole thing in context. Okay. So assess the situation by doing that 360. Another tip is to exercise emotional intelligence. Now, you've probably heard that phrase, emotional intelligence, quite a bit lately. Uh, it's a common phrase we hear in society. Uh, but what does it really mean? Well, in my view, I think it means that first we recognize that we need to keep our own emotions in check. Okay. If somebody's woofing on us and yelling and screaming and being obnoxious and being uh, disrespectful, don't let it affect us. Okay. That's the first thing. That's we're it's part of the job and being an EMS. That's what we do. We deal with difficult people in difficult situations. So we got to keep our own emotions in check and not get caught up into that situation, especially when that other person is being uh, difficult to deal with. So, and then secondly, emotional intelligence means that we view every human interaction, looking at it through the eyes of the other person. We got to appreciate where they're coming from. 
Okay. We got to keep our own emotions under control and then acknowledge the other person's emotions and their viewpoint. That's going to help us deal much more effectively with other people. And, you know, we all deal with people who do not exercise emotional intelligence in our everyday life. They're more interested in talking about themselves. They're not listening to what you have to say. We have to listen to our patients and we have to listen to others in the healthcare setting that we're dealing with, because that's how we learn. As I like to say, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Okay. We learn by listening, not by talking. All right. Another way to deal with difficult situations is to recognize, and this is, I think, a very important one, recognize that we all have implicit biases. Okay. We all have biases up here in our brains, unconscious biases that are the result of our upbringing the negative attitudes or stereotypes we've been exposed to, the difficult patients we've experienced. You know, we see people in their bad moments all the time. After a while, you start to think everybody's going to act that way. Everybody is like that. Okay. These are unconscious biases that affect how we behave outwardly. Okay. And those can come out in difficult situations. We're seeing that now in some of these police cases, the Elijah McClain case, George Floyd, all these other cases where biases come out. Okay, here's a young black male walking on the street. Oh, he must be doing something wrong. Okay, those kinds of biases do come out, okay, and affect how we behave. And we need to recognize those things and we need to keep them in check. You know, another way to look at it is you get called out for a a person with chest pain up on the hill and a beautiful mansion down uh, in your hometown in the middle of the afternoon. Well, you get called for that. You're going to think, oh, yeah, legitimate medical call, so forth. Yeah. Okay. What happens when you get called for a man down at the mini mart at three in the morning? What do you immediately think about that? Oh, it's not going to be a cardiac arrest. It's probably going to be somebody, you know, wallowing in their vomit. Okay. Somebody intoxicated. All right. We have biases depending on the situation we're in and depending on the dispatch information, even that will trigger these unconscious bias. So we just got to recognize and to keep those in check and make sure we don't jump to conclusions is one way to say it, or second guess what's going on with the situation of the patient. Okay. So that's important. Recognize these uh, unconscious biases that we all have. We all have them and try to keep them in check. Another tip in dealing with difficult patients is to remember this core value of what we do. We accept the patient on their own terms and on their own time, not ours. Okay. We may be sitting at the station, having a nice meal with our colleagues, you know, our brothers and sisters and the tones go off. That's not the time to say, Oh, here we go. You know, we're going to miss dinner. Uh, No, that sets a bad attitude right off the bat. Okay. We got to recognize we give 110%. The moment we come on duty, It's not our time. It's their time. It's the patient's time. It's the public's time. That's what we're there for. So it doesn't matter when we get called or what we get called for. Okay. We respond and we do it positively because everybody is deserving of our utmost care and respect. It doesn't matter what walk of life they come from. It doesn't matter if they're the wealthy person at the mansion on the hill or the intoxicated homeless person at the mini mart at three in the morning. Okay, they're all human beings. Every single person we encounter is a fellow human being and we have to keep them Uh, treat them with respect and dignity. Another strategy here in dealing with difficult patients is we've got to use positive de-escalation techniques. You know, in a lot of these situations we're hearing today, 
where police, fire and EMS folks are getting in trouble <laughs> is that, you know, they're basically escalating the situation. Patient starts yelling. We start yelling back. You know, listen to us. You know, we're telling you what to do. OK. And that sets up a negative communication setup right off the bat. OK. We got to come in calm, unexcited, positive tone of voice. Look the patient in the eyes. Uh, tip your head toward them like you really are concerned about what they have to say. These kinds of things like body language, proper tone of voice, that helps reduce conflict. It helps de-escalate the situation. And also, when a patient says something to us, let's make sure we understand. We ask them to you know, repeat it, or we ask them to see if we understand it. Now, Mr. Jones, when you said you had this chest pain, you did say it started at 4 a.m. this morning. Is that right? Yeah, it started at 4 a.m. Okay. Just to help instill that you're in accepting and understanding of the communication from that patient or that other person. And you can do that in your everyday life as well. And you'll get along with people a hell of a lot better as well. So, all right. Have adequate resources available. Make sure you have things by your side. Okay. Uh, we got to bring enough staff. We got to bring enough people. Yeah. We got to be careful about our own safety and well being. Okay. We got to make sure that scene is safe. All right. So make sure we have the resources with us. Make sure we bring our equipment to the side of the patient because we never know when we're going to need it. The bottom line, if you enter a situation that you think is going to get ugly pretty quickly and is unsafe, then back out. Don't enter it until you have proper support. Okay, another strategy. Actively disrupt the bad behavior of the other person. Yeah, okay. This is uh, what we call, you know, the bystander effect. Far too many people sit back and don't take action when they see bad behavior. We see it in EMS when two people are working together and one partner is being belligerent or improper in their conduct toward a patient. Sometimes that other partner is going to sit back and not do anything. They don't want to. They don't want to say anything to their partner. They don't want to deal with the wrath of their partner later. OK, they don't want to be retaliated against, baby. But, you know, as professionals, it's our obligation to disrupt bad behavior. If we see somebody doing something improper toward a patient, whether it's a police officer, a firefighter or EMS uh, professional, we need to do something. We need to say, hey, wait a minute. Hey, let me get in there and check the patient out. You're obviously a little upset. Let me uh, check the patient out. We need to do that. We need to step in. And if we sit back and do nothing, all that's going to do is give approval for the bad behavior. The person's going to continue to do the same thing and think it's okay. So we need to take that responsibility. That's a professional responsibility I think we all have as EMS practitioners. First, to recognize our own limitations, to recognize that we need to put forth our best effort, and also then to question ourselves if we're not sure what we're doing. Uh, hey, am I doing this right? Let me think about this a second. Take a breath. And also to question our partners, our colleagues, our peers, the people we're working with. If we see something out of order that we don't think uh, should be done that way, we have an obligation to say, hey, how about trying this? Or, hey, why don't you let me in there and try to start the IV? You're obviously having some trouble. Hey, yeah, that sort of thing. Intervene. And lastly, we got to remember the prime directive. First, do no harm. Okay. Uh, as EM pract EMS practitioners, we should never be the cause of the harm or injury to the patient by our own actions. Okay. We got to be careful such as using improper restraint procedures or giving excessive drug amounts of drugs and medications. We got to be careful or 
in a way we treat the patient verbally and physically. So we got to make sure that we always recognize that we cannot be the source of the harm because if we are, we're bound to get sued for sure. Okay. And uh, bottom line is that's going to be a, a very bad situation. So the other thing I think is important is to remember in dealing with difficult people, whether the patients or other people is Something I learned a long time ago is to not take things personally. I've learned over the years, and maybe because I'm a, more of an EMS dinosaur these days than before, uh, you know, experience uh, helps here. But I've learned to let things go in one ear and out the other. You know, uh, other people may say bad things about me, but I'm not going to let it affect me. It might be a patient yelling or screaming at me or or someone I work with who's not saying any something very nice that particular day. But we don't want to react emotionally. We no need to get offended. We don't want to let that person's reality or their uh, statements become our reality. OK, they can say what they want, but it's not going to affect me. And when you take things personally, you set yourself up for needless emotional distress. And it's going to escalate a situation with a patient, with a bystander, with other people. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you, is a phrase my mother used to use when I was a kid. And I, I think that's very, very important. So the last point here in dealing with difficult patients or people, I think, is to really keep a positive outlook on life and be grateful for the things that you have. You know, we're under a lot of stress in EMS. We're underpaid. We're uh, overworked. We don't always have the equipment we need. Uh, you know, that can be tough. But, you know, we also have a lot of good things to think about. I can't think of a job in society where you can have a more positive impact on another person's life than being an EMS practitioner. Man, we could literally change that situation for that patient by our calm intervention, our skills we provide, the medications we may give, but also just holding the hand and listening to them, holding the hand of that elderly person you're taking from the nursing home to the hospital very, very important. You know, they need us. They need us physically. They need us emotionally. And we got to take care of ourselves and recognize that giving our best effort is going to be the best for the patient. I like what uh, NBC Nightly News anchor Lester Holt reminds us of every night at the end of his broadcast. He says, I'm Lester Holt. Good night. Please take care of yourself and each other. We have an obligation as humans on this planet to take care of each other, especially among the brotherhood and sisterhood of EMS. So we need to look out for each other. If one of our colleagues or friends is having a difficult day, talk to them. Uh, we have a high rate of suicide in our profession. And a lot of that uh, suicide comes because people aren't getting the help that they need because it can happen in an instant. So if you see somebody who's withdrawn, who's saying inappropriate things, talk to them. Let them know you're there to help. I think that's important. Um, back in uh, 2004, the late, great uh, James O. Page, who founded this conference and Gems Magazine, reminded us of how the small things in life can make such a big difference in the lives of other people. It was a speech he gave just shortly before his death, and he titled it Saving Our Society. Interesting title, pretty bold title for a speech. And I think that title, Saving Our Society, is even more relevant today than when he gave it over 20 years ago. Jim reminded us of the individual power that we each have when confronting difficult situations. He said this, powerful words, there is a great power in small acts of human kindness amid social upheaval and barbarism.
And you have the opportunity to exercise that kind of power every single day. You know, when I first saw that after he passed away, I was looking through his old speeches and I saw that and I looked and he used the phrase, you know, kindness amid social upheaval and barbarism. I thought that was a pretty graphic, strong way to describe society. Now, that was 10 years ago when I first uncovered this speech. You know, I thought those are maybe words too strong to use. No, not today. Look at today's society. We are amid social upheaval, barbarism, very polarized. People are fighting with each other when they shouldn't be fighting with each other. You know, and uh, I think Jim's words over 20 years ago were very powerful. You know, we can bring calm to the storm by simple acts of human kindness and make someone's day much better. And as a last point, uh, you know, being nice to people, you know, when you talk about litigation avoidance, you know, I'm a lawyer. I got to say something about uh, the law. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not about the law. It's about a how about how you act. And uh, at the end of the day, there are patients. If you're nice to them and you screw up and you do commit negligence, they won't sue you because you were kind to them. You were compassionate. You know, you recognize their situation and you gave them your utmost and they'll see that. So at the end of the day, being kind to other people with a positive outlook and maybe using a few of these steps we talked about here and and dealing with difficult people can go a long way to not only helping that other person's day, but helping you in, in having a positive day yourself. Okay. You're going to see the good things in what you do. And at the end of the day, hopefully they're not going to sue you. So uh, with that, those are 10 quick steps in dealing with difficult uh, patients and others as well. Hope you enjoy the conference. It's a great event here. There's thousands of people here in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, uh, all getting together for education. It's nice to see everybody. So thanks for being here for this podcast and enjoy the show. Thank you.